You know, as you guys were, as you were watching the video there, it talked about, you know, the kind of the shepherds and the message that they had. And, and uh, we have a great message to share to the world, do we not? What a wonderful message we have today to, to share with, with those that need to hear. And uh, as we're here, I, I want us to be thinking about what it is that Christmas means to us uh, on a deeper level, though. Past family, past parties, we've had some some great parties this past week. We, uh, Joni and I, Joni actually went to three parties yesterday. I went to two. She was a she partied more than me yesterday. But we went to two parties yesterday, and it was just great to see uh, this fellowship, um, this 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 fellowship that we had with each other. Um, the the common goal there was to to not just fellowship, not just to get together and and uh, and get silly gifts or whatever, eat great food. The the point of it all is is to remember what Christmas is truly about. To remember that that in all of this. We have a God who is with us today. I pray today that you rest assured in that. If you're a believer today, you can say amen. If you're not, I want you to understand today, today you can know Jesus. Today you can know what the true meaning of Christmas is truly about. And, and we're going to be talking today about this idea of love. Of course, through Advent, typically there's a week-by-week week progression of, of themes. And this week we're going to be looking at love as we, as we look to the love of Christ, that ultimate love. And really, it, when it all comes to, uh, to an end, someday, there's going to be two groups of people. I know we've heard it called different things, but today if I was to uh, encapsulate this sermon with a theme, with a title, I would call it Worshippers and Weepers. There's going to be people who are going to worship Christ in the end. And then there's going to be those who weep in utter darkness. We don't have to weep in utter darkness. Jesus is the light of the world, amen. John 15, I want us to look there this morning in John chapter 15. We, we see this picture of, of what love is truly about. And as you're reading through this, I want you to understand today that the love of Christ doesn't just, doesn't just do one thing. It does multiple things. And really the love of Christ in the life of the believer, it fundamentally changes who we are. It, it changes the way we look at the world. It changes the way we live our life. John 15, look at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. I like that. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments 
and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Would you pray with me? Lord, I love you and I thank you for this day. I praise you for the worship, the time of study we've had so far, even in this, in this place, on this campus. But Lord, today I, I want us to look at this passage of Scripture as a call to live in the love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Truly the meaning of this season, truly the meaning of our lives. Father, today may we abide in you. Lord, we know that you will abide in us. We may know joy, and Lord, our joy may be full. In your name, amen. You know, as we're reading through this, I, I see like a, like a beautiful uh, tapestry that's been woven in my life over the years. I've read this passage of scripture a whole lot of times in my life. I, I can remember back to my, uh, my formative years when I was in Sunday school. Sunday school teachers teaching me, me this idea of being a vine, but not vine, but being in the vine. Deeper than that, who is the true vine? Well, Jesus says here, I am the vine. You're looking through there, Jesus says, I am. Did you guys notice that? That takes me back to the, the story of Moses. Moses is like, Lord, who do I say sent me? God says to him, I am. And here Jesus, God in flesh, he tells his disciples, I am the vine. I believe today that people are looking for a place to fit in. They're looking for a place to fill life, don't you? And they try to find it in all kinds of things. We talked about this yesterday. People try to fill it with all kinds of things. A lot of times, people, it leads them into addiction or unhealthy lifestyles. Some people try to fill their, their life with works, thinking that that's going to save them. But we know that life only comes by being a part of the vine, and that vine is Christ. He's that light of the world. He's the one that, that loved us so much that he went to the cross of Calvary. I love the story of Christmas, and I love the, the picture of a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I, I love that. It's a beautiful picture. Honestly, most of our pictures of, of uh, the manger scene, it's incorrect when you actually look at the scriptures. There's like a lot of, you know, there, there wasn't wise men there. That came later. For all practical reasons, there wasn't even a star over the manger. That was something the, the wise men followed to get to Christ. Maybe it was there, maybe it wasn't. But we get caught up in those things is the point I want to make today. We get caught up as to, well, what did it look like? Or this, this side or the other. The point of Christmas is that Jesus come to show you and I love. And he came that we might have joy. And that we might have joy that's full. How many of y'all want joy today? Okay, there's five, six, seven, eight, eight of you want joy today. The rest of you are true Baptists. You, you don't want any joy. Don't, don't, make, don't, don't make me worship too loud or raise my hands, Daniel. Don't make me stand up. Don't make me go out and share the gospel. I'm just kidding. Kind of. But Christ came to give us joy that is full. And I, I believe we should desire to have a full joy. And I, I think as we... As we grow as a church, as we grow as a, as a body of believers, as we're coming together, that's one thing, Joni and I, we, we, we realized yesterday, you know, it was like how much we are just falling in love with this church. 
that it was great just to get together with people and just, you know, not, not business. I do a lot of business in this church. We have a lot of meetings. You, you guys realize that, right? I was so happy the other day that Janet sent a text out because I'd forgot about that meeting. We have a lot of meetings and we should have meetings. I'm not, I'm not negating that. But as, as believers, we need fellowship too. And we need that because it reminds us of why we do this, why we're here, why we have church, why, why we have Christmas parties. It all goes back to the vine, the true vine. It's Jesus. He is the vine. He says, I am the true vine. And he gives us true love. If you guys want to experience love, if you want to experience true joy, I implore you, know Jesus. Jesus is the one. And, and we see that in the story of, of Christmas. We see the, the story of love. Now, the first point I want us to kind of look at this morning when we get into this, this passage, we see the love of Jesus for humanity. We can all agree today that Jesus loved the world. Amen? Even, even the kids in this place will know John 3.16. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. He loved us. He didn't just say he loved us, but he, but he showed us that he loved us, right? And that love that we see of Jesus for humanity is, is overwhelming at times. Christ loves the world. He, he loves FBC McLeod. You guys agree? He loves McLeod. He loves Oklahoma. He, he loves the, the guy on death row. He loves the lady who's, who sells her body weekly so she could pay bills. He loves the, the addicts, the abuser. It's the love of Jesus. It, it reaches all people. It's not just us. The love of Christ for humanity. And if we understand that, it changes like the way that we look at people. You know, honestly, the uh, people go around, they look for churches. I'm, I'm aware. They say, well, you know, we want to find a church that's perfect for us. I, I, I say this, you need to find a church where you can go and worship God. That's what you need to find. There is no perfect church. But the thing is, is that I think we're discovering this, is that what matters in a church is that the people are, are lovers of Christ. That the preachers and the teachers, they, they preach the gospel. That the worship is not man-centered, but rather it's, it's to God. That's what it's all about. And the reason is because Jesus is the vine. He's the vine. It's not the Southern Baptist Convention. It's not our church. It's not your pastor. The, the true vine is Jesus. And his love for you and I today is, is just beyond compare. There's no greater love in this world. Lots of football fans in here kind of upset today, I'm sure. Last couple of weeks have just been pretty crazy. But you know what I find sad in our modern society? Some people are more concerned with who their next coach is, or whether they won the game yesterday or not, than the fact that we have good news. Good news. So much better than all this stuff the world has to offer us. Our, our news is, is Christ, the true vine. And he loves humanity. Guys, here's the thing. As we grow, as we look for other you know, opportunities, I was visiting with Brother Clayton the other night. We're looking at you know, missions opportunities as a church. As we look at that, we're looking at this idea of how do we reach our world? You know, here 
loud and, and maybe even overseas or, or in cities within, across our nation that need to know of Jesus. We need to be ever closer to the vine. There's a warning here. It says that, that those who are, are in the vine, he's going to prune us. I think one thing COVID has proved is that he's pruned the church. He's pruned us down to where we need to be. But also, if we're not active, if we're not in the vine, then we're going to be cut off and thrown into a fire. God is wanting to grow his church. But it's not going to grow by programs or new pastors. The way that your church is going to grow, the way that the the work of God around the world is going to grow is when we understand that Jesus is the true vine. And his love for us is huge. Jesus is that true vine. I'm going to keep saying it. Everybody hear it, okay? Jesus is the true vine. It's going to be in him where we find life, where we find love, and where we're going to find correction for what's wrong here. I believe God's preparing us for something big here. So in this moment, right now, we need to, to make a point in our hearts to say, God, I want to be dedicated to you. I want to be in the vine. If there's sin in my life, I want it gone. If there's, if there's bad attitudes in my life, I want it gone. Lord, I just want to see you glorified. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. The cool thing about Christ is he loves us too much to leave us as we are. You may be saying, well, Daniel, I'm too far gone. I've got a lot of bad attitudes. You know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of things going on. I just, I'm just not able to serve God right now. I want you to understand that Jesus wants to change you today. He loves you too much to leave you as you are. And true life, true joy, true peace, true hope, it's only found in abiding in Christ. Adrian Rogers once said that Christianity is a love relationship between a child of God and his maker through his son, Jesus Christ, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that because what we see is this idea that the Trinity is at work in the life of believers. We have a God who all things should glorify him. Everything we do in our life should glorify God. It's made possible through Jesus. Empowered by the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I said the Holy Spirit. But don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that comforts us and guides us and, and, and makes it possible for us to do the work of the gospel in this world. We need to be people who understand that this is what it's all about. We need to be getting in the vine. We need to be being a part of the work of Jesus because the love of Jesus for humanity is amazing and it's huge and it does some things for us. The, the love of G- Jesus' followers for his will and his glory, that, that it changes us, right? The love of, of, of us, it changes when we get to know Jesus. At one time we were concerned with sports and everything else, but the second point, the love of his followers for his will and his glory, that's, that's important. That, that when you're in the vine, it changes your love. Now, I'm saying, just off the cuff here, it's okay to love stuff in this world. It is. It's okay to love sports. It's okay to love your job. It's okay to love uh, cranberry sauce, I suppose. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I got to get away from that. It's, it's just happening. Ray's back there taking notes, and he's like, how long will he go before he says cranberry sauce? But... The love of Jesus changes in our lives. And we begin to be a people who love his will and his glory. Does everybody hear that today? That's like our, that's our goal. That's our focus. That we want to just bring glory to God. We, we love his will. No matter what comes our way, we love it. 
We love it. We want to see him glorified. Christ invites his followers to abide in him. We see that here. He, he invites us to abide in him. That's a, that's a great invitation, isn't it? Have you ever been invited over to eat or maybe to a party from friends? And you just kind of felt great about that. You're like, man, I was invited to do this, you know? I was invited to, to be a part of this, to, to, to experience this. And here we have in Scripture where Christ is he's inviting us to abide in him. If you like joy today, abide in Jesus. If you like peace today, abide in Jesus. And if it's not enough for you, understand Jesus in his own words here. He's saying, abide in me. Hey, get over here. Quit playing your pity games. Quit, quit trying to find peace and everything else in this world, but abide in me because I'm the vine. And when we do that, we find that his will, his glory, that's the most important thing in this world. Because he is that true vine. The love of Christ, it does something for us. It compels us. It compels us to bring glory to God through the work of the Holy Spirit and the message of his love. In this, we see the Trinity. Again, we see that power working there. Somebody ever tells you doctrine's not important, you just need to quit listening to them. Because doctrine is important. The Trinity shows us the plan of God. The Trinity is really the message of the gospel. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit working for God's glory in us. And the gospel, of course, is that good news. It's the will of the Father. And when we come into the vine, when we are a part of Him, when He's pruning us and He's making us right, through all of this, we find that God will... I believe as I look around today, I think there's probably a lot of people in here that want to see God lifted up. Amen? I think there's a lot of people who say, you know what? I want to see God lifted up. Well, here is the thing. We need to be drawing closer and closer to Christ. We need to be more and more connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, each and every day. We need to do that. You know, Paul later on says that we need, to, uh, you know, we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Paul's not talking about works for salvation. What he's talking about is our desires change. And so what we work on in this world is getting closer to Jesus. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We should be afraid today of, of not loving God enough. We, we, should, we should be a people who tremble at the thought that we're not pleasing God. That the sin in our life should be something that just causes us to change. Because we don't want to offend God. Remember Joseph? He had every reason in the world to sleep with his boss's wife. I, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say this, but I imagine Potiphar's wife was a, was a good-looking woman, right? And she comes after Joseph, and she says, Joseph, come sleep with me. And he says, nope, I will not do this. And if you read Scripture, he says, I won't do this because it will offend my God. That's powerful. He doesn't say it because, well, it's not culturally acceptable. He doesn't even say, you know what, It'll, it, it's against whatever. He says, it will offend my God. His, his direction in life was to glorify the Lord. Even in his captivity. Even being away from family. Even in a, a terrible situation, he wanted to see God pleased. And so our goal should be to give all glory to God. And I love that. Yesterday we, we celebrated with all kinds of good food. Which, by the way, I was miserable when I got home last night. Joni and I have been on this like no carb, no fun diet, you know? 
Oh, wow. And then yesterday it was just like, ah, you know, too many carbs, too much sugar, which please, if we have a party, continue doing that. But I'm just saying I was miserable last night. It wasn't because I wish you lost or Alabama won. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was just a, a bad chemical reaction within my body, I suppose. But the gospel is good news. When we come together, we have a reason for joy, do we not? We have a reason to be hopeful. We have, have a reason to get up from this place and to go tell someone about the goodness of, of God's grace. We have every reason to do that because the love of Jesus changes our love. And we, as believers, as followers, we have a love for his will and for his glory. And then that just leads us into work. That leads us into being active. We're not saved by our works, but it leads us into works. I believe any good believer of Jesus Christ is going to be busy about the work of the Father. And I guess it's still our last point this morning. The, the love of Christians for others. In the Christmas story, we see that love of Jesus. We see the love of followers for the will of God. But we also see the love of Christians for others. For others. That verse there, it says, uh, Jesus is telling him, I am the vine and you are the branches. Everybody look at me. Everybody say branches. Plural, right? He doesn't say, I'm the vine and you are the branch. But he says, branches. That tells me that, that there's, a, there's a need for multiple people, right? The church is that. The church is that, is that, that call for branches, that there should be many of us. I don't want to grow a church just so we can say, well, look how many people we had in service today. I want to grow a church because I want to see more branches for Jesus. That only makes sense, doesn't it? Because the thing is, is, the more believers that we get on the right track, doing the right work for the right reason, there's going to be more believers that get on the right track and do the right work for the right reason. It's just like a, it, it expounds in that way. You lead someone to Jesus, that person gets right with the Lord, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to lead people to Jesus. And it just continues on. That's the will of God for this world. The will of God is that we're busy about his work. And in the story of Christmas, yeah, we see the love of Jesus for the world. Don't stop there. That love that Jesus has for the world, it is a love that affects us and it makes us love God's will. But it also helps us to love others. Now, you know, as well as I know, that sometimes people are hard to love. You can say amen to that. Some people are just really hard to love. You know, they, they, they are just hard to love. But in those situations, God gives us that ability to love people. Within the church, I think more than any other place, we ought to be defined by our love. And it's a shame that sometimes in churches that people bicker and fight and they, they separate and they have their own groups. But what the Lord is calling us to, and we've been reading through that, through the writings of Paul, is that we are called to be one. It's one. It's one. It's not, not many. Even though we're different branches, that's not the point. We are in the one vine though, right? Even though we're, we all got different talents. Some of you may be musical. Some of you may be great teachers. Some of y'all are like really good at hospitality. Some of y'all can make some really good like lemon cookies with coconut on the outside. I don't know who made those, but those were awesome. Whatever it is that God's gifted you with, you need to be doing that. But never forget that we are one vine. 
We are one vine. We are, the, we are in the vine of Christ. If, if we're in him, then he's in us. And that's that, that whole picture that we get here. And so the love of Christ, it helps us to want the will of God, but it helps us also to love others. Well, for one, it helps us to love people within the body of Christ. And we need to be defined by our love in this church. That, that we're not, it's not a competition. You know, it's not the young people versus the old people or the, you know, the nursery versus the third graders or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not one ministry versus the next ministry. It's about us all lifting Jesus up. If you guys see one ministry grow, you should be happy, even if you're a part of it or not. Because if you're in the vine, then guess what? You are a part of that ministry because that ministry is a part of the grapevine. And so here we are all together, all one. And so the love of Jesus is not just something that we're just, you know, we get kind of goosebumps on when we sing a Christmas hymn or, you know, that, that special feeling you have when you've you know, wrapped all the presents and stuck them under the tree and you're waiting for Christmas morning to come around, that feeling that you have of completion, of now we just get to sit back and enjoy opening presents. It is deeper than that, my friends. The, the love of Jesus, it fundamentally changes who we are. It makes us people. It drives us. We become people who enjoy the will of God. We enjoy the glory of God. And we become people who love other people. Well, Daniel, don't talk to me like that. I'm just not a people person. I've talked to a lot of people that are that way, you know. And some days, I'll be honest, I'm not a people person. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to go home, you know. Just going to go home and watch Netflix and and, uh, drink some coffee or something. That's all I want to do. I don't want to talk to anybody. Anybody ever been there before? Now, some of you are truthful. Everybody else is lying. Well, we're going to have the altars open here in just a minute. You can come and you can ask God to forgive you for lying this morning, okay? Because we're all that way. At times, we're just not people, people. But the thing that God wants us to understand today is that His love it changes us. And so there are many in the body of Christ, and His call for you and I today is to, is to love each other. The body is. It's called to love all people. Through God's love, through Christ's love, we can be changed. We can be believers in Jesus. And guess what? That's the person you know that you think they'll never come to church. I've been blessed to be in ministry long enough to, to see those people who you would think they'll never darken a door. And I look at those guys and those ladies today and I see them in positions of leadership. I see them being missionaries. Some of them, or even pastors. Can you believe that? Some of them are like these, these huge powerhouses in the gospel. And, 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 I, and I want us to understand that, that the people in our community, the people in our families who think well, they'll never love Jesus, they'll never have the right attitude, they'll, never, uh, they'll just never have the, the rightness. I want you to understand that once we connect them to the true vine, they will have the power to do all things, which is the gospel. Which is the gospel. Church, Never forget the power that we have in Jesus today. Never forget that he is that good. The body needs to hear the call today to love all people we love within the church. We love without the church. We don't have any distinctions among people. We just love people. We want all people to know Christ. It's pretty clear, right? I don't think Jesus ever called to say, well, you only love these people. You only love people your age. You only love people that like your team. You only like certain people that vote. I've heard people say, well, you know, only Christians vote certain ways. We need to get past these little lines, these worldly lines. We need to understand this fact today, is that Jesus loves 
all people, and so should we. Now, God's going to change people. He's going to, to help them to see His will. He's going to help them to see the joy in bringing Him glory. He's going he's to help them to love others too. And that's really the key to growing a church. That's really the key to bringing glory to God is just getting a part of, being a part of the vine. We need to be doing that today. Matthew 28, you know, it just really talks about it. It lays this out for us, these three points about the love of Jesus, how Christ sure has love for humanity, but that love trickles down and it changes our desires. It changes what we focus on. But Matthew 28, you guys all know this passage of Scripture. Jesus came speaking of his disciples, and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I want to stop there for a moment. Jesus says, How much authority? Right? All authority. We all know what all means, right? It's not, you know, a quarter of authority or a half tank of authority. No, it's all authority. Jesus says, I have all authority. All this authority in heaven, earth, everything has been given to me. Don't worry about what the devil says to you in your dark hours. Don't worry about what the government says. Don't worry about what the neighbors say. Who has all authority? Jesus. All authority in heaven? Well, of course, Jesus, you, you came from heaven to earth. Yes, all authority in heaven. But also, all authority on earth. The places around the world where you see the church growing the most, it's beautiful. It's, it's the places that they have the most, the most holdback from governments. The most persecution. Here in America, we have this wonderful thing called freedom. We have this wonderful thing called churches and buildings and resources. But the places where the churches are growing the most, it's in places where they don't even have a church building. They're meeting in basements and homes. Knowing that if they're caught, they're found out, that death could be the end result. That prison could be the end result. That losing your citizenship could be the end result. But these people, I think they're growing because they understand that all authority in heaven on earth is in Jesus. That vine, (laughs) that true vine, right? All authority is in Christ. That's great that Jesus tells us that. It's not just in heaven, it's also on earth. He has this great authority. But because of this, now everybody hear this. Because Jesus has all the authority because he's the true vine, now he gives us a directive. What is it? Well, go. Everyone say go. He doesn't say sit. He doesn't say make another casserole dish, which if you're thinking about doing that, that's fine. Go ahead. But he also says go, right? My wife was tickled pink yesterday because she got two new crock pots. I mean, is that any more Baptist than you can get, you know? And she's, she's so happy. And if she stole your crock pot, I'm sorry. Please keep coming to church, right? If you're listening later. Hey, come back to church. I know you're angry that my wife stole your crock pots. Pretty Baptist, isn't it? <laughs> but all authority on heaven and earth is given, and he's not, he's not calling us just to sit here and enjoy worship and just enjoy this, you know, this perfect union that we have right now at our church. But he's calling us to go. To do what? Well, don't just go, but go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We're not going out here and just making numbers. We'll see how many people we can get in church here. No, we're we're drawing people here and making disciples of them. We're teaching them what it means to follow Jesus. You know, even in our worship, right? I mean, 
Jesse and I, we talk a lot about this. I mean, you know, his, his role as worship leader, pastor here, it's, it's not just to get up here and be a one-man show, but it's also to disciple other people into worship. As a pastor, my job is not just to stand up here and preach every Sunday, which I love that, but, but also I feel a need and a desire to, to disciple other men into ministry. It's important. It's important. And our call is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the Lord is calling us to this message today. The message of Christmas, the message of Advent, is that we be a people who go. And we go because we're a part of the vine. And because we're a part of the vine, we're able to love, we're able to see the true will, we're able to bring glory to God. I love being a part of, of a good group of people. People who love Jesus. It's great, it's great to, to feel accepted. It's great to, you know, to have commonalities. You know, we, we come together, and I, I think it's beautiful what the Lord does. You know, just, you know, when you guys come on board, and it's like, like our wives are like educators. And all that. So there's like some cool commonalities. But beyond that, you know, we have Jesus, right? We have Christ. That, that great vine, that's, that's who we have today. But what does that do for us? Jesus says right there towards the end, says, if you keep commandments. What's his commandment? Well, namely what we just read, right? Go. <laughs> if we keep that commandment, we're making disciples, we're baptizing new believers. If we do that, if we're following what Christ has told us, he says, you will abide in my love, just I've kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you may be in you. There's a lot of people in here today that have the, the joy of the Lord, right? Joy of the Lord is my strength. But it's not just a joy. It's not just like a joy that you have for dessert or football games or that perfect present you're going to get for, for Christmas. It's not that joy. It's, it's a joy that makes you fool. Like it's beyond joy, right? Like I wake up every day and I think, I don't have to go to hell today. That's a pretty full joy, isn't it? Me and this joy that that caught it's not just a temporary joy, it's just a joy that sometimes hits us, that sometimes is good, but it's a joy that's completely full. We find completeness in that joy. It's beyond any other joy that we and it comes through knowing Christ. And, and if you are a part of that, if you are a part of Christ, if you abide in him, he's going to abide in you. And so now you're going to have this, this pure joy, this full joy. That's it. That's the message of Christmas. It's not just, uh, you know, holiday stuff. Joni and Jaron and I, we went to Shawnee on Main Street. And they do an amazing Christmas parade. They call it a Christmas parade too, which is interesting. But they have this wonderful Christmas parade, you know, and they've got tractors and trucks. That was Jaron speaking. They got tractors and trucks and trailers and like all this kind of stuff that's going down the street there. Jaron thought it was just amazing. They have tractors and trucks. I mean, does it get any better than that? Then to wrap it all up, they had, you know, Santa Claus at the end. 
And then at the very end, they throw fireworks in the air, and there's explosions everywhere. And there's Christmas music, and there's all this kind of stuff. But church, what I want you to understand, as wonderful as that night is, that is in the past. I can't enjoy that over and over again. It's gone. Those fireworks have burned up. Those floats are dismantled. Those trucks are back to work. Those tractors are in the field. It's not the same. But the thing that I can glory in today is that the love of Jesus is the same. Today, yesterday, and forever. The message of Christmas is that love that, that we have. Not just for each other. Not just for a season, but it's a love that we have in Christ because we're in Him. We're a part of that vine. Because we're have true joy. Guys, I hope that that's our call today, that we hear it. Christmas is so much more. It's, it's about the love of because of what Christ did at the cross. In Luke chapter 2, read where, you know, the story of, of Christmas, there was all this stuff that went on, right? There was these, these shepherds, and they were in the field at night, and, and they, were, they were just sitting around doing their job. They were just working. But then these angels came out, and the angels shone all around them, it says. And they told them, hey, go to Bethlehem and see what's been foretold. And they go to Bethlehem, and they see Jesus, and they see all this going on. They don't see the mag- magi, by the way. But they just go, and they see Jesus, right? And they're like, okay, so this is Messiah. This is Mashiach. This is the Messiah that's been, that said he's coming for you and I today. This, this Jesus, this same Jesus we see as a baby in a manger, he's going to, to save the world. And how'd they leave that place? Did they leave that place saying, oh, it was just a baby? They had to change him twice. Can you believe that? While we were there, they changed the Messiah twice. They didn't, you don't see that. It says that they left the place and they were joyful. They were joyful. Today, I believe that when we find Christ, that we find joy. If we find joy, I think that's, that's, that's a good indication that we probably need to stick with that. That we need to continue following after Jesus. Because it's only in Jesus that we're going to find true joy and true peace. Where, where are you at today? As a believer, where are you at? That's, that's a pretty simple question, isn't it? Where are you at today? Like, like what is it that, that you're seeking out in life? What, where are you finding your joy? And I pray it's not like in the things of this world. I pray that it's not, you know, well... I hope Daniel does a 30-minute sermon today as opposed to a 45-minute sermon. I hope it's not, you know, I hope I get this present for Christmas or I hope, you know, I hope mom and dad, you know, give me this or whatever. I pray today that you find your peace by being in the vine, Jesus Christ. And in that, we're going to see God glorified. In that, we're going to experience full joy. That's the message of good enough, guess what? Unite his, his, his family back together again. We're going to get together for Christmas over these next few weeks, and that's great. But can you imagine that great reunification in heaven where God gathers all his people together? You get to see all the people that you've known in the past who have gone on. You get to talk to Paul. You get to talk to whoever you want that's there. But more than that, we get to glory in Jesus. We get to worship Jesus, the light, the joy, 
peace, the hope of all mankind. Truly, Jesus is the, the hope of nations, and truly, He is the love of the world. Today, if you don't have joy and you're not experiencing love today, I want you to find Christ, because that's the only place you're going to find it. The Bible teaches us that if, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says we will be saved. God's calling you today. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to commitment. Today's the day. Today is the day to do that. Jesus said, I am. And if you, if you need a, a, little, a little encouragement today, just understand that he is not just a little baby in a manger. He's not just someone who died on a cross. As he's, he's the Lord of creation. He's the God of the universe. Through him we find peace today. Through him we can know true joy and we can have joy that is full. Would you pray with me today? Lord, I love you. God, I, I pray today that as we look through this passage of Scripture, we see the call loving God. Reminder to followers. Reminder that you are the true vine. It's, it's not that we construct in this world, but Jesus, you are the vine. And if, if we abide in you, we're going to have that full joy. It's, it's a perfect joy. Lord, I in this place. And Lord, maybe those who listen later, I pray that you call them to repentance. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be working on their heart and today that they would, they would confess you. Lord. Lord, we know we are saved because of faith. Lord, today I pray that as a church we begin to be people that we can you as Lord because we believe it and because we rely upon rely upon Jesus Christ so frivolous it's all it's a huge mess message understand that Jesus came that men might have life more abundantly and today we rest in you Jesus Christ would you call people to would you call people to commitment would you today I pray that many would come to glorify you in their lives. Lord, the church to go forth, to make disciples. Your love is extravagant. True love is empowering. Your love is what we need in your most holy name.